If you got your Bibles this morning, you want to turn with us um, to the book of Habakkuk for just a minute uh, in the first chapter. That's about five books from the end of the Old Testament. You can mark that place for just a minute. So the book of Habakkuk for just a minute, mark the first chapter. And I want to go back to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. We'll begin our reading here in, in just a moment. So the book of Habakkuk, if you've got it marked, chapter 1. Then we can go back to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And we're going to read in just a minute. <clears throat> So again, Habakkuk chapter 1, let's read Jeremiah chapter 29, the 12th verse. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken, which means I will listen unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search me for me with all of your heart. So again, our scripture reading this morning in Jeremiah chapter 29 gives us a reminder, then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. If you marked your Bibles in the uh, book of Habakkuk for just a minute, I want to turn over and read for just a second, a few verses. Beginning in verse 1. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, and listen to the question in the second verse. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? This morning, if we were to have a, a, a thought to a title to our thought, it would be just that. How long, Lord? We sing a song, and I opened it up and was looking at it just a minute ago. You may or may not be familiar with the words. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong. There's a question that comes across our mind. Lord, are you listening? Why are there people that are prospering in life and yet I'm hurting or I'm needing in my life? But if you'll notice the progression of the song goes from, Lord, why do these things seem like that you're not answering or you're not hearing us? To the last verse of that song says, when we see Jesus coming in glory, when he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. Listen to these words. We'll understand it all by and by. This morning when we ask ourselves, Lord, how long? Listen to that second verse that Habakkuk being the answer. Lord, how long shall I cry? I don't know how many of you have prayed for your family. I don't know how many of you have prayed for the country by which you live. I don't know how many of you have prayed for the church. And I, and I hope we can say to that, we pray all the time for these things. But when are our prayers 
going to get answered. You ever ask yourself that? The question becomes, Lord, did you even hear us? Go back to Jeremiah. The, the Jeremiah teaches us that the Lord will hearken. Or listen, folks, I want to tell you something I believe in. God hears you. And I tell you that this morning because not only does God hear you, but know this, God answers things on his timetable. I can relate so much to what's going on here in the book of Habakkuk. Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear me? Even crying to thee out of violence. Lord, do you, do you think I'm just crying unto you when things are good in my life? He said, I'm crying unto you at, at the most intense times of my life. And he said, yet, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Lord, why? Again, we was talking about a song that was written about farther along, we'll understand all about it, but that now we don't understand why. For he says, For spoiling and violence are before me, and there, and there are that rise up strife and contention. Notice the condition of the society. Therefore, the law is slacked. In other words, people have no regards for the law. By the way, close your eyes and see if you can see the current times in which we live. Lord, we're praying for all these things, but yet there are people that the law has no meaning to them. Let's put this in our terms. There are people that think that they are above the law. Folks, let me tell you this. There is not one human being that one, as a citizen, you're not above the laws of a land, but as the children of God, none of us are above the laws of God either. For he said that there's a time that the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked, notice the, the growth of the wicked and how that they just keep growing and multiplying and, and how they're spreading. And he said, finally, he said, the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Who does it seem like is in control? When the, when the righteous are in a huddle and the wicked are surrounding them and you can get this intimidation factor. I want to say, Lord, how long are we going to live in a time where, where, where your people seemingly have been hemmed up by, by sin and unrighteousness? God, would you give us the strength and, re and remind us that you hear us? Lord, how long before that we begin to see your work? I'll tell you this, God hears us. And I want to keep reading. He said then there, he said that rise up in strife and contention. Therefore, the law was slack. Judgment will go forth. The wicked that's going to pass about the righteous. Therefore... Wrong judgment perceiveth. Behold, you are among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it be told you. So God is going to work. What the prophet's trying to say is, Lord, during his time and in the ministry by which he was doing, he said there was a lot of things that he was bringing before the Lord and it seemed like it was to no avail. I'm not trying to, to, to make you feel like you're a weak person today, but is there anybody that feels like that sometimes when you're praying and you're trying to do something to God, it feels like it's to no avail? Don't feel like you're a bad person. Don't feel like you're a bad person because your faith is weak. Or don't feel like you're a bad person because we question and we wonder. Because the truth is, we all can say amen that there's an element about us that we sometimes get caught in the flesh and we forget that God hears us. But Lord, how long are you going to let these things happen? 
How long is my family going to endure this? How long am I going to have to go through these trials in life? How long before we get to experience these wonderful things? How long before our land and our country has a turn and, and begins to, to seek after you? How long? But know this. My, my place this morning is not to tell you a timetable. My place this morning is to tell you this. God hears you. Just because we think God does not hear us, let me tell you, may you not become weak and, and, and discouraged that you quit falling on your knees and asking God to grant the things that are the desires of your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you sought the Lord for salvation too long and it's just not going to happen. Folks, don't give up. How long do you have to seek after the Lord until you find Him? How long do we have to pray, God, send us a, a great stirring in the midst of your people today? How long do we have to wait for those things? How long do we have to say, Lord, wh when are we going to experience healing in our lives? How long before prosperity happens? How long before faith begins to grow? And, and the list goes on and on. But folks, in the midst of all the things we say, Lord, how long just know this, God hearkens to you. In the midst of all the things that we say and all the things that we do, God hearkens to you. But listen to what the prophet is saying. He says, Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? That's not a question. That's a statement he makes. You know, he said, Lord, you hear me. And you could probably even think that the Lord has no intentions to do anything about it. Folks, let me tell you something I do believe in. God has every intention of taking care of his people. We're the apple of his eye. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to provide for us. God is hearing us in these things. But beginning in this second verse and going down through about the, I don't know, 10th or the 11th verse, there's a lot of strife and discontention. And these things are going to happen. Look what he says in the 7th verse. All the, the, the lamenting that Habakkuk was doing here, and there was trouble that was going on. For they are terrible and dreadful, their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. The horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far and they shall fly as the eagle that hasten to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their vases shall shut up from the east wind and they shall gather the captivity as the sand. And they shall scoff at the king's. And the princes shall be scorned unto them, and they shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing his power unto us. It seems like that Habakkuk is talking about a, a community of people that's absolutely on what I would call just a rampage. And when I say a rampage, they're revolting against the word of God. Folks, I'm not, I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. Every country all around the world can close their eyes and say, Lord, are these the times we're living in? Then it seems like now the righteousness, instead of being a large number of people, have now become a small number of people. Now instead of the righteous speaking, all of a sudden the righteous are being silenced. And the sinfulness and the wickedness are now being given that, that, that authority or that power to be able to speak these things. He said, God, how rampant are these, these times going to be before you hear us? Remember what Jeremiah said, that God hearkens to us. 
I hope that we have given up praying for our families. I hope that you have not given up on praying for your churches. I hope that you have not given up praying for the country by which you and I get to be a part of. I hope that we have not uh, keep, keep, ceased to be able to pray for the churches of God that are being seemingly attacked from so many things of the world. And folks, let me tell you, if you're not a, a obvious to this, the world and the word, excuse me, the word of God and the church of God, they're under attack. It's considered old-fashioned or it's considered uh, the old times, folks. God's Word has not changed. God's Word's still real and pure and true and joy. But we think, Lord, if, 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 if you're not doing anything about it, if things are not changing, then why? For the question comes out of our mouth, Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? In Habakkuk's days, he said there were people that were striving for self-gratification and, and be able to promote themselves and do the things that they wanted to do instead of the things of God. Folks, I can tell you one thing that I believe in and I'm going to give you the encouragement to do. Folks, don't seek after the things that you desire to do. Seek after the things of God. Don't seek after your ways and your wishes and your ambitions or your interpretations or, or, or your theories of things. Trust in the ways and those things of God. That's what's more important to you today. And the Lord is going to give him an answer. David said in Psalms chapter 4 and verse 1, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. What Habakkuk was looking through was some, 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 a lens that he saw the true condition the world was in. You and I today, and I don't want to, to, to be a, a negative or a naysayer this morning. What I am saying today is, if you'll stop and notice what Habakkuk was talking about, that the true and the righteous are being hemmed up and they're being silenced. But what you have to understand is, folks, that God's word can never nor ever will be completely silenced. It's only going to be silenced to the extent by which we allow it to be silenced. Folks, today you have opportunities in your life to be a witness for Him. If you're here this morning and you're lost, you have an opportunity to seek Him to be saved. Do you not? What a wonderful time you have right now. We have opportunities in our life. The, the, the point is not about our opportunities. It's about us seizing those opportunities. Why are lost people not seeking after the Lord? Why are the saved people not being a witness in a lost world about the things of God and the ways of God and the life of God? Why is there such a silence that happens? Habakkuk begins to talk about in that fourth verse. He said the law is slacked. You know what the word slack means, don't you? It means it's gotten a little sluggish. It's gotten a little cold. You know what happens when a, when a vehicle runs a little sluggish or a little cold? It's not the way it's supposed to, folks. May a church never become sluggish. I'm going to say that one more time. I pray that a church never becomes sluggish to a point that we become slack. Folks, what I mean by that is I pray not only for shallow church, but all the churches around the world today that they would heed to the laws of God. Not to the laws of men or what people say, well, you're going to have to just evolve into what the times are now. Folks, I'm telling you, the times don't have to change because God is not changing. We're talking about a never changing God for the law slacked. What happened is, is the people had lost an interest in the word of God. Remember when I said earlier, just close your, your, your eyes and see if this is a time by which we live. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer any of these. But are homes losing 
a desire for the Word of God? Well, we have all kinds of electronics and gadgets, and I'm not saying you're wrong if you've got electronics and gadgets. Folks, we long for all these things that we have in our houses, but how much of the Word of God is a part of our home life? Undoubtedly on Sunday mornings, the Word of God is what we center around here at church. But I hope you agree with me when I say this. The Word of God is not just for Sunday morning. The Word of God is for every day of our life. The Word of God is something we need all the days of our life. And may we not get consumed with what the world has. I'm not saying you can't enjoy those things. What I'm saying is do not push away the Word of God for the pleasures of this old world. For what are they going to accomplish us? What shall they bring in us? What shall we profit of those things? Today, Amos begins to talk about a famine that happened. And the famine was not of bread or water, he said. But there was a famine for the Word of God. Folks, you and I can close our eyes and say we live exactly in a time where people do not want to hear the truth. Something that makes them feel good or something that makes them happy in their life and something today they want to hear. But folks, people do not want to hear the truth. The, the fact is this morning is that we all have a need of the entire gospel in our life. <clears throat> and Habakkuk is saying, he said, and the law slacked. No hunger for the word of God. And I'll even go as far as to say Habakkuk was saying there was no respect for the word of God. You know there was a great respect. For the word of God. And I'll say has been. And I pray that there still is a respect for the word of God. Let me ask you this. How much. How important is the word of God for you in your life? Is it something you want to hear? Or something you want to be able to quote? I, I, I pray today that the word of God. Is something we use all the days of our life. He said that there is a. Lacking he said if you will. There are people today, if you will, he was saying, that got to a point where they were rejecting the word of God. Jeremiah, let me read you in the 8th chapter of the book of Jeremiah for just a minute. Let me read you a verse if I can. Jeremiah chapter 8, and let me read you the ninth verse. See if it sounds like, close your eyes and imagine the times by which we live. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 9 says this. The wise men are ashamed, they are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord and the wisdom is in them. These wise men, so-called wise men, they were taking the word of God and they were rejecting it. Folks, we are living in it's probably more intellect time, knowledge speaking, than we have ever before. We're discovering cures for so many things. So many things are coming out. We're learning more. We're learning more. We're discovering more. And I long for the day that we hear the cure for cancer. We hear the cure for so many things that are out there. And I believe it's coming. But here's what I want you to know is this today. That even though we may advance through so many facets of our life. I pray today that we never forget about the word of God. And what it might teach us. For they were dismayed and taken low. They have rejected he said, these wise men are ashamed. Here's what's happening to these people in their life, that, that, that these wise men and all the, the, the wise men that are surrounding us in our life, he said, these wise men are ashamed because it was more important to heed the word of God than it was anything else in their life. For he said, the wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. The word dismayed just simply means... 
they were terrified. They would come into a panic. And what that means is they were, they were kind of distraught. Let me ask you this. If you spend all your time and all your energy working, worrying about something that's going to benefit into the community, that's okay. But let, let me ask you this. If you spend your time and your energy and that's what everything's about and you forget about the word of God in your own soul, then I believe a panic should set in that our focus was in the wrong place. Folks, I am telling you today, the most important thing you can think of and need in your life is the word of God and a relationship with Jesus. I don't want to imply to you that you cannot help your communities. I don't want to imply to any scientist that they cannot study for a cure for cancer. What I'm saying is, may we not get caught up in everything else that we forget the most important thing. A relationship with Jesus and being saved by His grace. But what about the opportunity, Lord? How long? How long before I can seek after you? You know what? You have a chance right now. How long are these things going to happen? Where it says the wise men are ashamed, they are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord. You know what it means that they've become to rejected the word of the Lord? They become very con, just contempt. And what that means is they heard it, they knew it, but they just despitefully said, No, I'm not going to do that. They got to that point that they had rejected, he said. The word of the Lord and what wisdom is in them. This morning, my question to you is, how important is the word of God for you and in your life? How important are these things that you have? Habakkuk said that the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth. Read that one more time. In judgment, let me read that to you. And judgment doth never go forth. You know what Habakkuk is saying? He said, God, judgment is a thing of the past. Every one of us right now can say, I disagree, folks. Judgment is not a thing of a past. I believe it's present and I believe that there is a future judgment that is going to happen. And I'm telling you that for this. Habakkuk got to a point, he said, God, is judgment a thing of the past? He said, the judgment does never go forth. It just seems like it's never going to happen. He said, these things are past. These things are gone. He said, these things are not going to transpire anymore. Isaiah teaches us in the book of Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah the 59th chapter in the 14th verse. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth far off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Folks, today I want you to know that judgment is not something that is past, and it's not something that, that we can just say, well, it's happened. It's never going to happen again. I hope you know this this morning. There's a judgment that's still going to happen. You're still going to experience these things in your life. And Habakkuk is saying, he said, and judgment does never go forth. Listen to what else Habakkuk's teaching us. He said, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Do you see the persecution that's happening here? The righteous have been encircled. Do you know what I call an intimidation factor? Close your eyes and imagine a playground for a minute. You got one in the middle and you got a crowd that's beginning to surround. And what we mean by that is it's an intimidation factor. 
Are you sure that you want to just fill in the blank? Sometimes I feel like the church is being circled. And the world is saying, are you sure you want to speak out against and just fill in the blank? Sometimes I feel like the church is being circled saying, are you sure that you want to stand up against sin and call out the lifestyles and the things that we do? Folks, may we understand this. May the church never become silent regardless of who's around us. Lord, how long? How long are you going to let the enemy stand around us and we become frightened or we do not speak? May God give us a strength and a boldness that we would speak the truth of God, not just about one subject or two subjects, but folks, the entire counsel of God, the world needs to hear about. Well, preacher, that's going to offend people in their lives. It's exactly what the gospel will do. It shows us that we fall short in our life. It shows us that we are a human nature that cannot attain righteousness on our own. We are a human nature that needs God. And folks, may we go to our grave believing we will always need God. For we do. The world don't think they need God. For we're self, we're independents. We can do things on our own. You might be able to pay your own bills. You might be able to fix your own your, your plumbing. You might be able to do your own thing in life. But you cannot get to heaven without God, folks. You got to have Jesus. How long are we going to be silent? How long are people that are lost going to go about their lives and not seek after Him? That's a question that I wonder. Lord, why would they not seek You? Why do they not cry out to You? For I tell you this, God is hearing. God hears these things. Church, how often do we pray for those that are unsaved? For those that are in their life that they stand in need? For He said that there is a the, the wicked, He said they're going to go about, they're going to death compass about the righteous. So in other words, that, that encircling is going to happen. I kind of listen to the, the, the buzzwords. Is it's almost like what the churches have been labeled as. It's called hate speech. And what, what I mean by that is, is that it's almost like if we're going to surround you and you're going to cry out against our sins, you're, 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 you're offending me. Folks, I want to tell you something. The word of God is going to disturb you in your life. It disturbs me. It troubles me. It hurts me. And why? Because it reminds me I'm a human being. I have my shortcomings, but I need God to help me to do better every day of my life. I pray today that we would see is that the wicked, they may, they may compass about the righteous, but I'll tell you this, the wicked are never going to defeat the righteous. Righteousness will always win. How do I know that? Light always beats darkness. Always, 100% of the time. Science will tell you darkness can never overpower light, but light can always overpower darkness. Folks, I am glad today that good will always beat evil. But you know what we do sometimes? We take that candle and put it under a bushel. So in other words, let's try to blend in and be in the darkness. Folks, may we not. Get, let, let it give light to all that are in there. He said, for the wicked thus can pass about the righteous. And let's keep going for he said, therefore, wrong Judgment proceedeth. You and I are surrounded by lots of wrong, I guess you would say, in our life. What do I mean by wrong judgment proceedeth? Listen to what Habakkuk said. He said, God, I'm living in a time where the wrong judgment proceedeth. What does that mean? You and I, as we go through all the, the persecution in our life, we have to realize is that woe to those that call evil good and good evil. 
The church are now the evil people. Do you know why the church are the evil people? Because the church cries out against sin. We are hateful people. I don't say we. Folks, it, the, the, the children of God now are, are, are the bad people in the world. Y'all don't love people. You don't want to accept people the way they are. But Isaiah tells us, in the, I believe it's in the fifth chapter, he said, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Notice what Habakkuk's saying here. He says, wrong judgment perceiveth. It seems like people are, I don't know if I should say confused, but I want to use that phrase for just a minute. People are confused about what's right and wrong anymore. They see wrong, and they're told, well, that's just a lifestyle. Folks, right's right and wrong's wrong. We're confusing so many people in their life today by condoning it and just going right along. And what I'm saying is, is may the church never become silent against sin. And I'm not naming one sin or two sins or sin, three sins, but all these things from murder. Well, it's okay if you commit murder under these circumstances. May we always be against the things that are wrong in the eyes of God. Lying, murder, adultery, all these things we could keep listing. These things are wrong in the eyes of God. And may we never become silent to that point, he says, and wrong judgment proceedeth. They've got a uh, really a... a a misunderstanding of, of what it is that, uh, that they're facing in life and they're, they're confused about what's right. They're confused about uh, what's wrong. But you know, you and I today, when we do that, he said there's persecution that's going to befall upon us. And I'm going to close this morning with the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and listen to what Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 5. And as you're turning to Matthew chapter 5, remember this. Ineffectiveness will not be persecuted. Ineffectiveness will not be persecuted. If the gospel is going to have an effect, guess what's going to happen to it? It's going to get persecuted. It doesn't have an effect, but it's not going to be persecuted. This is what Jesus said in the 5th chapter and the 10th verse. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Folks, there's a, an epidemic that's going around today. And it's not a viral thing that's going around. It's a persecution thing that's going around. People don't want to hear the truth. They, they, they want you to come in and, and, and kind of tickle their ears and make them feel good. He said, but blessed are they which are persecuted. Do you know what it means to be Persecuted. I found a good definition not long ago. The word persecuted comes from a word to follow after, to chase. And you get the idea. One of them came up with the, 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 the verbiage that I understood. It's like a peacock. Do you know what one of the peacock's defense is? It spreads its wings and it blows up to give an intimidation factor to get out of their territory. You know, the world wants to live in sin and tell you to stay out of their territory. That's what they want. Just leave me alone. Let me just live in sin. Get away from me. I remember growing up, and I didn't want those people to come hug my neck and ask me where I was going to be. Just leave me alone. I honestly did. I'd be in church, and I just, don't bother me. Let me just be. But you know what happened? 
God began to prick me in my heart. And the saints of God didn't do what I wanted to do. They showed me love. They hugged me. They prayed around me. And you know what? When I got saved, I understood. They wasn't trying to make me feel uncomfortable. They wasn't trying to make me feel bad. They just wanted me to know where I was going. They wanted me to know where I was going to spend eternity. And you see today, persecution just means this is my territory, folks. Aren't you glad today that Jesus did not stay away from sinners? He went to them. He wasn't pushed away by them. He was drawn to them. So the question this morning, how long, Lord? How long are your people going to be persecuted? How long are the lost going to have to seek after you? How long before we can see a great moving of you in our life? I pray that's only a few more seconds. Maybe minutes. Maybe hours. But I hope it's not days and weeks and months and years. I hope that it's soon and very soon that we get to see God moving in our lives. For He said, blessed are they, He said, which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It hurts and there's things that have happened to him. But he said, for righteousness sake. Paul said to 2 Timothy there, he said, All that liveth godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But listen to what he goes on to say here in Matthew 5 and 10. But theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The royalty that goes along with that, I guess you would say, the beauty of what God has in store for us. So today... When Habakkuk said, Lord, how long? When he began to ask that question, Lord, how long? He said, am I going to have to do these things in my life? I pray that we would see that it's not very long that we have to go through in our life. And you could see that Habakkuk was, was greatly concerned and disturbed. How long shall I cry and never not hear? Even out of the violence, he said, thou will not save God. How bad the things got to get before you can hear me in my life. I want to tell you this. I want to go back to Jeremiah. He said, if we will call on him, he will hearken, which means he will listen. So this morning, I'll leave you with this. God's listening. God's going to answer on his timetable. But I'm going to ask you a very personal question. What are you asking God for? What are you asking him for? Sometimes we want things, but we've never asked for it. What are you asking God for? Those are the things I needed to say this morning. God bless you.